1: Another bonus edition of Green and Growing with our guy Ken Barkley. You better, you bet. Uh, part of uh, BetQL Radio Network, of course. BetMGM, a big-time sponsor for those guys. And uh, I thank Ken Barkley for joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson. And let's get into uh, things right off the bat uh, and talk about the NCAA tournament. Uh, you last week uh, talked about you know paper tigers uh, and teams that maybe necessarily you necessarily did didn't believe in we talked about coaches that we probably didn't believe in as well uh, one of those coaches uh was matt painter at purdue and he didn't let us down ken barkley
0: no that was uh i gotta be honest i i didn't have any fairly dickinson money line i didn't make that bet actually a friend of mine did uh person who was sitting two seats down for me while we were watching the game goes oh i bet fdu money line okay. Like, what do you mean? like I, I don't like Purdue, but geez, is like you know nine to one, eight to one, something like that. Um, you know, I had a lot of people had them plus the points. so yeah, it's it's with a lot of this stuff, the tournament's so random, you know like I we even we're gonna go through some of the games in a second. You can never be like with certainty, okay, this exact game is gonna have this exact result. So you kind of just say like, okay, like which teams feel like first weekend exits? second weekend exits, potential national champions. You try to kind of put teams in the buckets and then play to that. That's like kind of the best you can do in most situations depending on the, the price in the market. And Purdue was for sure like not a team that was going to be like a Final Four or a national champion team a lot. And part of that was their coach. Now they didn't have to lose to Fairleigh Dickinson which is pretty embarrassing. They could have lost the next round. They could have lost the round after that. But they were probably not making it to the end. So uh, so to your point, that was that's a coach that always kind of seems to deliver in terms of, uh, in
1: terms of that. I think the only two double digits Seeds he has not lost to yet is a 10 and a 14. So, got a couple of years to try and uh, get all of those uh, accomplished. Right,
0: it's like getting for the cycle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: exactly right. So, they end up losing to Florida Atlantic then in the next round, uh, which sets up them against Tennessee, and I am not a Rick Barnes fan. We talked about his troubles at Texas when he was in the NCAA tournament, uh, but they figured out a way to get past Duke. Does Florida Atlantic's run probably end uh, against Tennessee?
0: It, it might, but just the, the price in the market is really interesting. So there's uh, – in college football – I like to think about games in terms of, like, what does the market expect in terms of, like, margin? So not, like, not really, like, well, it's three and it should be four, but, like, all right, it's this coach and this program, and the expectation is, like, they have to win by margin to cover the game, or the market expects a close game. Like, do I disagree with that? Or they're a huge underdog, and maybe some coaches, like Matt Campbell at Iowa State, we're doing a little too much college football, I understand, but, like, that kind of thing, you know, like, you want to play on them in certain situations because of how they coach or conservative style or they keep the game close. Like, there's all kinds of coaches. Is that fit all kinds of parameters. Well, like Rick Barnes, and especially this version of Tennessee, is just like not really a team that I'm interested in by margin against a good team. So like they played Louisiana in the first round. I think I laid 11. They were covering the number with eight minutes left, and then Louisiana won in like a crazy run and backdoored the game as a result. And like that's a bad job by me, I guess, because like why would I ever lay points with Rick Barnes? But I thought Louisiana was so bad that maybe it was worth it. Okay, well, this is like way different. Florida Atlantic is like – an excellent mid-major team, like maybe the best mid-major team that was playing this year, and they were seeded highly as a result of that. I mean, they only lost a handful of games all season. They played hyper-competitive against everybody. Uh, I think they're, like, a a worthy challenger here. And if the expectation in the market is that Tennessee has to win by margin with their offense, one of the worst offenses left in the tournament, they're going to have scoring droughts. They had a scoring drought against Duke. They had a scoring drought against Louisiana. And the market, again, what is the spread? They have to win by margin to cover this number. When you have an offense like that – against a good team, I think that's a bad bet. So if people wanted to pass the game, obviously there's nothing wrong with not betting in any game. Um, I do like Florida Atlantic in the game plus five and a half. I think Tennessee could win within the number a lot. Uh, also, again, if I, it's just like with Matt Painter. If I told you Rick Barnes lost in the Sweet 16 for the 98th consecutive season, would you really would you really be surprised? No, I mean, no. would you really be surprised? And it's one of the biggest point spreads of any game we have this weekend, and you have like a perennial fade candidate. So, you know, I'll have some FAU 5.5 for sure. If they lost, I wouldn't be shocked.
1: Shocking, Smart and Marquette, they get past their first game against Vermont, uh, and then uh, they get beat by Michigan State. I had said last week, Izzo concerned me, uh, and Michigan State takes care of, of Marquette, and now Michigan State gets can. Kansas State in the next round. And I love me some Kansas State. But that being said, it's still Izzo. So, I mean, if Michigan State won, I guess I still wouldn't be all that surprised at this point. But I guess I would still lean Kansas State, even knowing Izzo is coaching Michigan State.
0: Yeah, I mean, funny game and a, a funny region, right? Like, we're a fi- uh, the final four team from this region will be Florida, Atlantic, Tennessee, Michigan State, or K-State. Crazy. They will make the final four. Uh, and it will, which one is it going to be? It could be all four of them, honestly. That's the fun thing about this region. And it's the only region where that's probably true, where all four, it's like, okay, like, I guess that's possible. Of the four, I would actually consider Michigan State the least likely. And I I like Florida Atlantic's profile more, and they're playing Rick Barnes. Michigan State, like, it's one thing to beat USC. And I I didn't bet the game. I hated USC just as much as I hated Michigan State. It was a battle of two teams that were dreadful, and Michigan State won. The market loved Marquette probably correctly, just in what we knew before the game. And Marquette got bet out against Michigan State a lot. So we had two situations where it's like expectations were pretty low. You're playing a terrible team if you're Michigan State in the first round. And then the market's dead set against you, and you get a bunch of points. Uh, in the second round, now you're like expected to win this game in the market. And they got bet out. Michigan State was one. Now it's two. It might go to two and a half. I'm out. I'm out on this one. This is the, I think this is the time to step in and play the opposite. Um, On a sheet of paper, Michigan State looks like salty garbage. Just going to be honest. And maybe Izzo can do it again. But I would just, I would draw people's attention to the fact that if you look at all of the other Michigan State teams that have made deep runs in the tournament, or even all of Tom Izzo's other Michigan State teams that made the tournament period, this might be the worst one. There's like a really sound case that statistically this is. So this isn't like business as usual, Tom Izzo. This is a dreadful team, like one of his worst, honestly. And I, I'm okay to be against that team. Like Maybe I get izzo in this round. That's fine. Uh, I do like K-State a little bit.
1: Yeah, and the other thing about that Michigan State-Marquette game, they didn't even shoot the three-ball well in that game, Michigan State. Uh, and they still were able to win because guys like Tyler Kolick had like one of the worst games of the year, maybe Tyler Kolick's worst game of the year. Uh, and so it is what it is. Uh, all right, let's uh, move regions here. Alabama, obviously everybody uh, loves Alabama. And Alabama-San Diego State, I don't think uh, there's probably much to talk about there. Uh, But the other matchup uh, is entertaining because, again, you, Ken Barkley, last week talked about Ivy League schools having success in the tournament. And Princeton uh, has been that school uh, here in the last round, knocking off Missouri, the seventh seed. And now they get Creighton, who knocked off Baylor, who we also talked about uh, being a paper tiger and not being legit. I mean, you were so on the money last week in Green and Growing. People really missed the mark if they weren't listening to this podcast last week. Uh, But now Princeton and Creighton – I'm not a huge crating guy. I'll be honest. I think McDermott's a hell of a coach. I'm just not sold on crating. having watched him all year. I guess I would leave Princeton. Your thoughts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic
0: thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like Princeton in the game. And I I don't know if they're alive to win. It's like a tough thing to imagine. But I actually wouldn't be shocked if they won this game. Uh, When teams that are like, so what is Princeton, right? They shoot the three really well. They're really well coached. Uh, really, sound, offenses, really yep. sound offense especially get a really good shot um, when teams like this like 15s that go a little ways or teams with this profile when they end up bowing out of the tournament usually sometimes it's pretty ugly honestly like when a 15 or a fourth like they make a it's like oh what a Cinderella and then when they land it's with a thud right I mean think about St. Peter's against North Carolina last year like one of the one of the worst games of the tournament yep. where it's just they just finally ran basically what they ran into was they finally ran into like a hyper-athletic team with like NBA quality talent or at like borderline pro talent that just it's like you just can't do anything against that. Right. It's like breaks basketball almost. And you look at the history of some of these teams that bow out at this stage, like Oral Roberts runs into Arkansas and they almost got him. But Arkansas is like hyper athletic NBA talent. When Oral Roberts made that run a couple of years ago, uh, Gulf Coast, when they beat Georgetown, they ran into Florida in the Sweet 16. And it was just a non-competitive final 10 minutes. And it's like sometimes you just run into a team and it's like that's just that's the way it goes. Here's the thing about this game. Creighton's not that team. They're just not. Like, they don't have NBA talent. They don't. Like, that. you know who has NBA talent? Alabama in the next round, who will probably beat Princeton by 90. Like, and just it'll be no contest. But that's not this. Like, this is not like the round where it's like the embarrassing loss for the team where it's like happy to be here. I think Princeton's really live in the game. I do. I I don't think Creighton's that kind of team. Creighton's coach, Greg McDermott, is perennially a first weekend exit of the tournament, even when he has a good team. He's made the Sweet 16 once in about 15 years, and he lost. So, like, I'm expecting him to, like, go on a big run here? Why? Like, based on what? So I just – I don't know. Like, I actually think if Princeton won, I wouldn't be shocked. Agreed. And then, I mean, like, you couldn't make the number big enough with Alabama against them in the next round.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that too. All right, let's move Regents again. Uh, now, this 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 matchup here is interesting to me. Uh, Texas, other two seed, obviously, I don't think that was a surprise. Xavier uh, as a three, I guess I was a little surprised by, but again, they got a great coach in Miller, uh, no question about that. I I have a tough I have a tough time on this one, Xavier Texas. I guess I would probably lean Texas on Friday night
0: I think this is a region where we're still really likely to get Houston, Texas, and I think we're likely to have Houston win, and that's like the market shares that opinion, right? Yeah. Both teams are favored. Houston will be a favorite against Texas. Houston's the favorite to win the region. This is the one region where, like, I totally agree with all of that, and like no other region basically fits that description. Uh, and I think I'm kind of I don't I don't have a lot of bets for that reason, right? So I took some Houston money line and like put it with a couple things just to have action on the tournament. I think they are insanely likely to beat Miami, but the number is big, and like I. I think that's just correct. I think the market thinks Houston's likely to win too. Uh, Texas Texas Xavier is a bizarre game. I I really don't like Xavier as a tournament team, and like that's fine. They've also played Kennesaw State, who they should have lost to, and Pitt. Basically, the easiest two games any team has played by far. So like, I don't. I also don't agree with the idea that like now that they're playing as big a step up in competition as you could possibly imagine, that like four is. Too many. Like it's Texas or nothing. It's kind of a funny game because I don't love Texas sometimes, but if I had to bet the game, I would lay it with Texas. Houston like I just maybe Miami backdoors the game but I think Houston's just winning
1: that second half against Auburn was pretty incredible the run that Houston Not got bad. on there it was yeah. crazy uh, alright let's switch regions last region to get to I got Gonzaga the three UCLA the two and then Arkansas takes out Kansas they get the four seed UConn a lot of talk about UConn being that team to make a run at the final four when these brackets came out That they thought they were a national championship team kind of uh, if you look at it on paper they're all set up for that run I had UCLA coming out of this region region I haven't changed my mind necessarily on that with them playing Gonzaga Yukon, Arkansas I think that could be a fun one
0: That is Arkansas-UConn's the game I'm the most looking forward to so far in the tournament period, any round. Um, It might be better than some of the games we get next round. Also, uh, both teams have insanely high ceilings. Both teams have NBA talent. You look at some of the mock drafts. Arkansas might have three players, two players taken in the first round, three in the draft. UConn's got a couple guys that will go in the second round at least and could improve their stock if they end up making a deep run. Like That's how high quality the game is. And the point spread's pretty interesting. I agree that UConn should be favored. I agree it should be by more than a possession. My big problem with UConn in this game is going to be their coach. So Dan Hurley has just been like a conundrum for me the entire tournament. So he's made the tournament twice with UConn up to this point, bowed out in the first round embarrassingly in both rounds, in both years, like eliminated in the first round, in games they were favored in and part of that is I actually think in close games he's a dreadful coach and I was doing some work on this earlier today Uh, UConn I think has like 7 or 8 losses this year and like 2 thirds of them or 3 quarters of them are like the only games that they played that were under 6 points so the point is when they get in a game that's actually competitive like you roll over a team talent wise you're really good you win whatever but like in a situation where coaching would actually matter close games UConn was dreadful this year including the Big East tournament by the way where they lost to Marquette because her didn't call a timeout to set up the game-winning play, and the team fumbled the ball around and didn't score. Like, whose fault is that? So it's just, there's all this evidence that like, if this game's close, it's Arkansas every time, but I don't know if it's going to be close because UConn's so good. (laughs) So like, maybe this isn't the game, but I agree with you on UCLA-Gonzaga. Like, if UCLA wins, and I am heavy on UCLA futures, and like, cool, maybe Gonzaga wins, I don't think they will, but like, whatever, that's just my opinion. If UCLA gets UConn in the next round, that's, like, that's a gonna be a close game it's the way UCLA plays and UCLA makes no mistakes and they make every free throw and they don't turn the ball over and UConn is I think that's where early fumbles it honestly and I I think that's how UCLA is going to advance to the final four
1: what about something not NCAA tournament-wise, but I'm just curious your thoughts on 71-year-old Rick Petino to St. John's and Cooley uh, to Georgetown. I think mean, Cooley uh, is a really good regular season coach. We talked about his tournament issues. Uh, but as far as regular season coach, way better than Patrick Ewing and should help turn Georgetown around. Petino and St. John's, that one's interesting. He's already much pretty much told his locker room. A lot of you aren't going to be here uh, going forward. Do you think Petino can turn that thing around again?
0: Yeah, man, I think any any big name coach that takes any job at this point, I think the the expectation should be like immediate turnaround, just the way the transfer portal works and the way NIL money works now. Like you're gonna see so Florida Atlantic, for example, they play Tennessee on Thursday night. They've got maybe three or four players that's just because of NIL money. Like they're not gonna be on Florida Atlantic next year. Like this team has made this run, the coach will probably get a job and the play honestly, just like the coach gets a job off a tournament win, now the players are gonna yeah. get jobs off tournament Good win. Point. Like you're gonna see you're gonna see Florida Atlantic's guards on a bunch of teams next year, maybe maybe Rick Pitino and St. John's is one of them. Um, and I just think because of your ability to do that now, to use money on the portal in a way to build your team – I mean, like, not the sky is the limit, because I don't think they're going to win the title next year. But, like, the expectation next year should kind of just be, like, there's probably a tournament team. And the market will reflect that. Like, the market will love that team.
1: Kind of like Badger football. I can't wait. Spring practice starts on Saturday. Uh, He is Ken Barkley. You better you bet. Uh, Of course, part of the BetQL Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter at Lockerson. Thanks so much for coming on another bonus edition of Green and Growing, Ken Barkley.
0: No problem. Hopefully we're talking about UCLA Final Four team next week. That would be great.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Have a good one.